Welcome to the Six Pillars podcast, lifting the lid on the vision to make grain a $6 billion industry by 2030. The grains industry blueprint is comprised of six pillars. One of those is the biosecurity and market access pillar, which details the following bold vision. SA will be internationally recognised for the processes and programs associated with the supply of quality managed grain. The man behind the blueprint and its manager is grains expert Jonathan Wilson, and he joined me in the GPSA studio to discuss this pillar further. I began this discussion by asking him if the state having so many different pathways to export was either a risk or an opportunity. I think it actually gives us opportunities. One of the things that we rely on is the quality of our systems, not just in South Australia, but in Australia, to be able to deliver a product into the market in a safe and efficient way. So what we need to continue to do is to understand what it is that our customers are demanding in terms of the quality assurance of the product. I think in lots of cases, this will be just the cost of being able to play the game, that if you're not meeting you know, their expectations, they just won't purchase from you. And we do that ourselves all the time. You've got two options. One is from a value chain that you support and or that you trust, and one is that you don't trust. And so maybe that you're, you're at the supermarket and you're looking at raspberries that are from an Australian-based market uh, that are produced in Australia, and, and then you look at one that's coming out of a foreign supply chain that maybe you don't have the same level of trust in. You've got a pricing difference, but you've also got a trust difference. So we we do it ourselves when we go to the supermarket. So we look at those supply chains that we trust. And we want South Australia to be the supply chain or the value chain that is being trusted. And whether that's going out through bulk handler A or bulk handler B, or whether that's going out through container pathway X or container pathway Y, we still need to have a level of trust across our whole value chains that the end user will want. So in terms of your research for developing the pillars, have you identified there's actually a risk there because there are so many different pathways, but a failure in one could potentially lead to damage to the others? Yeah, look, for sure there's always the risk that if we have a a failure in one value chain that it will apply across all of South Australia. That is certainly something that we are concerned about. We're alert but not alarmed, if you like. We've got confidence in our existing value chains, that they are meeting the Australian minimums. We want to make sure that we're actually ensuring that those value chains remain consistent. We've got that one where we're looking at the quality of grain that's exiting, but then we're also trying to manage the processes whereby we're managing our pests and incursions that that happen or, or will inevitably happen over the next decade. So we've had previous governments marketing our produce as clean and green. Are these the kinds of umbrellas that we need to be positioning ourselves under? I think it's very difficult in terms of actually deriving an additional value out of that. I think really it's around the security of the value chain or the supply chain that we're going to get value from. And it's also the end user is assured that it is managed to a certain standard. I don't think that from a grains point of view, we've been able to derive an extra cent in in value in coming out of South Australia as opposed to going out of a different origin from the clean and green. But in some cases, we know that end users 
do not want to access grain from other origins, so they will come to Australia, and some cases specifically South Australia. Again, does this come back to the narrative of what we're doing so that people do see that as every bit of grain that leaves the state does meet a certain criteria? You're right in that we are trying to drive a narrative. We're trying to drive the narrative away from we are producing a commodity that is the same as the commodity coming out of the Ukraine or out of Argentina or out of Canada. We are trying to produce a food And I think the more that we can have people think that we are producing food and the less that we're producing commodity, the more opportunities there are. When we are a commodity, we're always going to be in price competition. When we are a food, we're not necessarily going to be in price competition. That's really where we want to get to. For some entities, the interchangeability of Australian grain or Canadian grain or European grain or Black Sea grain is an important part of their trading mentality, and that's fine. But ultimately, we want to be known for producing high-quality, highly-assured product because that is the point of difference that is going to be the difference between us selling our product or not selling our product. In terms of of that story of selling high-quality grain and everything that goes into that, they all feed into that story, that narrative. So let's take one step back. MRLs, maximum Mm. residue Mm. levels. For the uninitiated, what are they? And how have they formulated into actually drafting this pillar? Every ounce of grain that we sell has to meet the importing countries' requirements. So there's a number of different things that we need to consider. When you deliver grain into the system, you've got a series of specifications that you have to meet in order to have that accepted. Whenever the trader sells the grain, he will have a contract specification that he'll have to meet in order to have it accepted by the buyer but you're also going to have to meet the requirements for the importing country. And these are separate from the receival specs, they're separate from the outturn specs, they are separate from the contract specs. So we need to ensure that we are meeting these MRLs. These MRLs are mostly around chemicals and chemical residues, and so we need to make sure that we are growing the grain in accordance with what those MRLs are specified by the destination country. This then becomes very difficult because while there are internationally consistent MRLs, some countries in some products, in some cases, will change those MRLs in line with their own requirements. And then we have to make sure that we're meeting those MRLs as well. If you want to take it in a simplistic way, we're seeing a lot of debate around a particular herbicide that is being used. And there are some destination countries that are already saying they will not take grain that has got that particular herbicide applied to it. It happens that that herbicide is central to our growing systems. And a lot of people have their growing systems uh, directly relying on it. I use it myself to keep the weeds down at home. And regardless of what the science says, these importing countries are going to put restrictions on. So we need to decide, do we want to continue to sell our grain to those countries? Uh, or do we want to not sell our grain to those countries and take it to a different destination? So you know, we talk about the MRLs as being really important. They actually have got a fundamental impact on our growing system. You know, and if we're not allowed to use that particular herbicide, and I think everyone will know which one I'm talking about, if we're not allowed to use that, then that's got very significant impacts on how we market our grain and the way we market it. And again, it's regardless of whether we think it 
actually makes sense or not. I think it's really important for our growers that we do have access to the best, most effective, most cost-effective chemicals that we do have for growing. But we need to make sure that we're doing that in a really sensible way. I'm in the position where a lot of growers have told me the chemical they will be using if they're not allowed to use that, that, that particular herbicide. And I wouldn't want that put on my food. So the more we're thinking about our, our grains that we're growing is not a commodity, but a food And that's right from the first person who touches it, which is the grower, right through everyone in the supply chain or the value chain, right through to the end user. As long as we're understanding we're dealing with a food and not a commodity, we've got an opportunity to create value. But we need to be able to continue to use the processes and systems that we have in place. If we don't have that, then we are going to have real challenges going forward. That's not to say we can't meet them, but there's certainly going to be challenges. What did your research reveal under this pillar in terms of managing Pests and diseases. I think one of the things we need to think about is that by 2030, we expect to have a hotter and drier climate. And then how are we going to manage whatever new pests and diseases and incursions that may well incur in that climate? So we want to make sure that we are in South Australia prepared for these issues if and when they arise. Some of that is around making sure that we're supporting Biosecurity SA, making sure that they have got the right funding and the right staff to be able to meet those requirements. But it's also around having a a really mature feedback loop in terms of once we identify an issue, whether that's in terms of a contaminant or whether it's in terms of a pest or a a disease that we're seeing in our, our product, as an industry, we're then jointly figuring out how we're going to manage that. Yeah, so I think rather than have what I would call firefighting, we've got a problem, how are we going to fix it? Is that we actually have a plan for how we're going to do that if and when it happens. And if it doesn't happen, that's brilliant. But if it does happen, at least we've got a plan for it. So the cornerstone of lots of businesses are seeing in the um, COVID-19 issue is that they're coming up with plans on the fly for some of them. But it's the ones who have actually got plans in place that are going to thrive through this being prepared is really important. So I think having making sure that we've got the, the right diagnostics in South Australia, the right people based in South Australia, and that, that's right through from a plant research point of view, right through to Biosecurity SA point of view, and then how that re- relates back through the industry, whether that's to the trade or to the growers or to the breeders or the researchers, that we're actually having this joint conversation that we're ready for. The worst thing that we can do is bury our heads in the sand and think it can never happen to us. That's not a position I think we need to be in. Blueprint Manager Jonathan Wilson, thank you for joining me in the GPSA studio to talk about the third pillar, biosecurity and market access. No worries, thank you. Thank you.